I'm Aeson, and this is The Review. City beat West Ham 3-1 in what was their trickiest fixture of the season so far. And joining me to discuss all of the minutiae, I've got a man who likes to discuss the minutiae, Mr. Jordan Elgott. Afternoon, mate. Afternoon. Do you reckon that this game was uh, going into it tougher than Newcastle at home on paper then? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I think... Um, uh, obviously, St. James's Park is a is a very different proposition, but Newcastle at home, I had little doubt that we'd win that quite comfortably. I actually, I, I sort of felt like the build up and the hype going into it was a bit over the top. I think that Newcastle's um, success last season was built on their form at, at St. James's Park, um, and that is probably one of the most difficult away grounds to go to. A little bit like West Ham. Fair enough. Um, I think I was slightly more worried for Newcastle at home, probably because they'd just come off the back of a a 5-1 victory at home to Villa, although I know West Ham had been in really good form. But yeah, it's interesting how going into this game, it's sort of split opinion with regards Mm. to how tough a game it would be, because I saw a lot of people very concerned that we we would end up dropping points. But I have to say, I was, I was pretty relaxed going into it. And that's, that's unlike me. You know how much of a pessimist I am. But, why were you so relaxed? Because I think you know what you're going to get with a David Moyes side, and I'm confident in how we how we play. Confident in our players. I didn't think they'd spring any nasty tactical surprises, and I was fairly confident that if we just played to even near our best, we we would be comfortable winners. I said to Lloyd, because Lloyd was one of those people who said, "I can see us dropping points." Mm. I said, "We're going to win by two. And obviously that that came true, but I, that you know I'm not a psychic. I was just confident that we would have a comfortable win. Yeah, I mean it's. I suppose that in a way, even reviewing the game is uh, a little bit difficult. In so far as I'm not sure that the score with an hour gone reflects what's happened in that hour of the game. Mm-hmm. And so for me, in the main it felt like like i felt just i i, I feel uh, on a level i feel justified saying uh, it was the trickiest fixture of the season so far because it was tricky because they scored first and it we had to work for what we got but at the same time we had to work for what we got cuz the best number 9 in the world missed about four open calls or something like that so on another day maybe the game is out of sight a lot earlier so yeah i mean is a difficult one to read. I think also in general, and I'd like to know what you think, I, I do feel as though there's two ways to look at City right now. You either look at City through the prism of everybody else, in which case, well, you just go into every game very relaxed, or you look at City through the prism of City, which is where's the squad at, where's the fitness at, who's fit, who's not fit, What's the tactical setup? You see what I'm driving at? Who's in form? Who's not in form? I think it would be, in a way, I think it would be remiss to look at City through our own prism because it goes without saying as the best team in the league that something weird has to happen or we have to have a bad day to drop points. But those days will happen and those days will come. And so 
I'm always I'm trying to find that balance. It, weirdly enough, this season is the maybe it's partially because we did the treble last season, but this season is the first season where it's really crystallised for me that those two opposing views of how do you approach each match day? Do you approach it through your own prism of well, we're better than everybody else, so relax, put your feet up, or do you approach it through the prism of well, we have issues and flaws and they can be capitalised on? Yeah, there's a balance to be struck between the two, as you say, isn't there? I, I mm. think typically I, I would fall into the category of micro-analysing everything with City and doing the latter and looking at our form out in terms of individual players and focusing on flaws within the team rather than <clears throat> what's in front of us. But I, I think for me, it's been winning the treble last season that's just contributed to a much more relaxed outlook, both because... I'd feel less pressure that we need to win it all because we already have. Obviously, I want to, but I feel less pressure in that sense. But I think it probably has given me a bit of a superiority complex over other sides. And I'm just confident in the team's ability when we go to a side like West Ham. And, you know, I I know that, yes, we're going to have to have an off day and they're going to have to play the game of their lives. So I'm feeling pretty relaxed going into most fixtures, albeit we've only played teams where... I would say we would expect to win. All right. So I'm going to take you down a quick tangent then. So okay. what what game, home games now, what home games would make you nervous? I hate Derby Day, but that's irrational mm. um, nerves. That's, that's due to years of um, inferiority growing up in school where, you know, all the, all the, Lads who support United were teasing you because your team won nothing. So I, I would feel a few nerves for United, but they're irrational. I think probably just Liverpool and Arsenal. Mm. I think just, you know, Arsenal are probably, well, last season they were our main rivals and we know that on their day they're an extremely good side. And Liverpool, we have had some absolutely incredible games against them and we've ended up on the winning side a few times and ended up on the losing side. So I think... Only those two matches at home would make me feel remotely nervous from a rational perspective. And away from home? Liverpool, Arsenal, United irrationally, and then (laughs) sort of irrationally, sort of not rationally, or yeah, I've confused myself there, but the answer is Spurs because we've never done it there. (laughs) Can't even score a goal. I guess I find myself in this weird spot where I find, I think all away games have the potential uh, for you to drop points because I mean obviously um, with the exception of you look at Sheffield United and Luton and they feel a long way away from what a Premier League team needs to be to do okay or to do well and Burnley I can't really judge because I haven't seen them other than against us Um, and it was the opening game of the season and so and it had all the narratives around it but outside of that i i do find myself looking around the so for example i watched bournemouth chelsea yesterday right and like we will we will go to bournemouth and they will give us a game and fine in the end we might run out three nil winners but there will be like west ham scored on saturday first there will be teams that at some point in the season that will score first against us and that'll be it, it'll be curtains. We'll do everything, we'll huff and we'll puff and we won't we won't actually 
make the breakthrough because there are one there are lots of really good teams in the league and secondly i think that that moment where you go one nil down that's when you're at your most vulnerable in a way because at that point the opposition can sit even deeper but they've already been effective on the counter-attack once so they'll fancy themselves to get a second so uh, even though we're as good as we are away games are generally games that i'm a little bit nervous about i i understand that and ordinarily i would be i don't know whether it's i think it might be the treble and winning it all last year i feel very relaxed Mm. i feel like i've got supreme confidence in not just the team but obviously the manager um as we saw on saturday who can make tactical tweaks like no other manager can and totally change the um course of the game and I just think we've got so much firepower that, you know, Erling has to have a horrendous day, um, which he did. And we still won by two. So mad. It's so yeah, mad. Look, so let's... I, I've, I've got so much confidence in the team at the moment. Yeah, no, I get that. Let's let's have a look at the team. So it was Edison, Walker, Akanji, Diaz, Gavardiol, Rodri, Bernardo, Foden, Alvarez, Doku, Haaland. I guess I'm going to read the bench out as well, because I guess when you read the bench out, it gives you an idea of the fact that that wasn't, it wasn't far off the only 11 that he could pick. So the bench was Philip Sake, Ortega, Gomez, Mateus Nunes, Scott Carson, Oscar Bob, and Rico Lewis. Yeah, um... Injuries sort of tied his hands a little bit. I think because of Kovacic's injury, there was always going to be one curveball in there, at least. Well, <clears throat> I think that there was a decision to make over Ake or Vardial, and he went yep. for Vardial, um, which I'm fine with. I thought, I personally thought Ake might get the nod, uh, just because he seems to do pretty well in aerial duels, and Antonio and Suchek are, are quite difficult to handle. And as we saw, West Ham pretty good from set pieces. But I was fine with Vardial starting. I really like him and really like how he started at City. Um, but I think he was either going to have to play one of Nunes or Doku. Um, in hindsight, extremely glad he played Jeremy. Uh, but I think given how his first game went against Fulham, and as we he said in the post-match interview after West Ham, he was shy against Fulham. It wasn't a great performance and he looked pretty raw which is to be expected. Uh, I wouldn't have been surprised if Doku didn't start, if he didn't fancy him in that game. So he chose Doku. And as much as I looked at that lineup and thought, yeah, maybe that could play into West Ham's hands because you've got Alvarez central, you've got Doku on the left, and Phil's not necessarily known for his uh, pauser play, shall we say. It could be a lineup that encourages an end-to-end game and could suit West Ham's desire for to catch us on the counter but I don't think we really had that much choice there, there wasn't much no. else he could do no I mean I, I'm, I'm a little bit with you that I half expected Nunes to get thrown in just because of the um, he has a year's Premier League experience under his belt and so I wondered whether away from home that's the that's the call that Pep makes personally that made me very happy when I saw the team because it was a team that had a lot of attacking intent and a lot of, you know, sometimes the selection almost decides the psychology of the players. Um, and it felt as though that selection really decided how City were going to open that game. Um, how did it feel for you? Like, there's always that line between dominance 
on the ball and what I will often refer to as anemic possession. And City can do both. They can be dominant and they can be dangerous, but they can also just keep the ball and be anemic. And it almost feels as though the the back five and the midfield four that the opposition use, City are playing around the outside of it. So how do you, how did you analyse that opening in terms of the cutting edge that we presented on top of the possession? Yeah, I felt there was plenty of cutting edge. It didn't seem like anemic possession at all to me. I think we moved the ball pretty well. I don't think the... Uh, I think a few players struggled to get into the game in the early stages, even though we were playing well, um, particularly central, but that was only because... West Ham were camped and very compact within their own half. But we were moving it from side to side pretty quickly. Doku had numerous chances to run at uh, Kufal. And for some reason, he was often one-on-one against Kufal, which, you know, you can't really... There aren't many better right-backs to go up against as a winger than Kufal, because to me, he looks slow and... He always looks a bit suspect whenever I watch him. And Doki was getting a lot of joy in the early stages. We had that early sort of pinball in their box where they somehow kept it out. It, it felt like just a matter of time. It didn't feel like we were just dominating the game. It felt like we were really going for their throats and and really should have scored in the opening stages. How, mm. how did you see it? Yeah, similar. I mean, I think the 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 big thing with Doku, in, in, particularly in the opening, is it felt to me as though West Ham felt pretty com- comfortable um, with City getting the ball to Doku. It felt as though their focus was very much, right, nothing comes through the middle. So Haaland, Alvarez, Foden, you pretty much throw a blanket over them in terms of the defenders around them. And you go, you give them no space. And then on the wings, first half, it's Walker and it's Doku. And I think that they're happy. Uh, West Ham are happy for either of those two to be on on the ball plenty. Now, I think... I imagine that they had a conversation on the West Ham bench pretty early on because it felt like Doku very much, very quickly had the, uh, had not just had the measure of Kufal, but had the measure of the shape on that side of the pitch. I think often when, so for me, uh, when you play with a back back three and a wing back, I think one of the things is that it actually doesn't really matter how fast uh, or how good the wing back is because in a back five he's got so much cover around him that his job is basically to be like a shadowing cone and try and get his foot in and try and slow the attack down knowing that well if this lad goes round me either side there'll be loads of lads on the on the cover all my mates will be there to help me out and and actually i think what doku did supremely well from the very beginning was figure out what their shape was and where the space was so it felt as though from really early on every decision he made was the right decision so when he passed it easy it was the right decision when he decided to attack kufal it was the right decision i don't know if you noticed a couple of times he did this thing which i mean it's, it just to me it just looks really impressive where he just he'd be stood in front of Kufal and there's another defender on the, the cover. Drag back. Yeah, the little drag back and the little pass in between the two defenders. That's Loved naughty, it. that. That's so I naughty. Know, I, I... Right, Mr. Elgott, thank you very much. My pleasure. 
to everybody who listened this was the review on the 9320 player thank you for being members be safe be well and as always up the blues thanks for listening to the first 15 minutes of the show to listen to the full podcast and all our contents including reviews previews analysis quizzes and much more go to 9320.com to sign up now or simply click the link in the description So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.